This is, by the way, Real Rotten. I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve Ramirez. That's Nick Lyons. This is episode 101. Number 101. If you thought maybe maybe there's this is the time for them to really uh, pick it up, to ch- change some stuff around, really get going. Change some policies. Well, we're going to tell you to things. fuck off. We're going to do whatever we want. This we'll, is your education in reality 101. Yeah. Episode 101, your education. <laughs> That's what that is. We have a big episode for you, though. Not just because this Nick is on, but we have the actual star of the movie we're about to talk about, Lil Nicky. We're doing another Adam Sandler movie, maybe his best. The actual star of the movie, Lil Nicky, is on the podcast. Uh, please welcome uh, Lil Nicky, everybody. Hello, everybody. I'm Nicky. Hi, Nicky. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy hell, hell schedule. Rapture supplies. Rapture meaning uh, the rapture. Meating Revelations 2222. How, how is hell or earth wherever you are nowadays? Well, you know, it, it's pretty cold here because, you know, I'm from the south. The deep south. <laughs> <laughs> the people you, can't get enough. We love it. We love it. We love it. And we appreciate you, uh, Prince of Darkness, uh, that has habituated themselves upon this earth hold on a minute there's a little crackle in that in that little voice that's not little nikki it's our friend jocelyn hey jocelyn how are you it's little jocelyn oh hey guys uh you know i'm just here for the beer and the bitches (laughs) we've been waiting for this moment for the entire podcast run we've been we've been waiting for it since the pandemic started let's be honest here before that even this is the first hundred episodes were a preamble to uh to the constitution that is this episode you know, it, it's like the year two thousand. The year two, the year zero never occurred because there is no year zero. Yeah. So so it's like two thousand. There is no year two thousand. It's two thousand one's the actual turn of the turn of the century. Good point. Or millennia. And uh, two thousand was also the when the world ended it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Y two K. Y two K. The Man, fa- the those, false reality. Those were great times. Remember yeah. when we only just got worried that the all the internet would shut off on Y two K. Yeah. Hence why this movie was released. In the year 2000. 20-year anniversary of uh, Lil Nicky uh, embracing embracing us in a cold sweat. And uh, what better guest to have than uh, than than our own Little Nicky historian, if you would. <laughs> yes. Well, let's, let's get to know Jocelyn a little bit with a little game we like to call. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. It's just Jocelyn. Just Jocelyn. <laughs> We're just Jocelyn with, uh, with Jocelyn. <laughs> well, um, how does that game go? It's where we a- ask uh, Jocelyn about her uh, basic interests, and, and then we decide as, as, a, as, a, as a host uh, duo whether we would j- jostle around with that or not jostle around with that. <laughs> okay. So, so, so Jocelyn, uh, tell us, tell us, Tell us your favorite movie, your favorite musician as of right now, and your favorite mm-hmm. musician in the year 2000. Now, uh, and your favorite Josh Jam, a.k.a. Jock Jam. Ooh, dang. It's dang. all the same oh, artist. Young, young Jock is already out of the question. <laughs> I, I, must, I must add that. Well, so first, we'll ask you your favorite movie. It, it can be ever. It can be at this moment. It can be in this year. Well, I, I can tell you, uh, for favorite movie, I would say of all time, Almost Famous. You really can't go wrong. I just went with that. Get in the van, kid. I'm a golden god. (laughs) First, Uh, first tiny dancer ever in a movie. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's finest role. I just prove me wrong. I just hard with that pick. Prove me wrong that that is not Jimmy Fallon's finest acting effort. I beat Jocelyn. Fever pitch (laughs) is on the table. Nope, it's not on the table. (laughs) One of the movies that brought me into puberty, a 
and uh, being a film guy, B. All over. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Your favorite musician <laughs> that you like We're never right introducing now. You. Musician, artist. <laughs> keep band. acting like that. Music, your favorite musician, your favorite artist, favorite band. I'm not sure if you would have heard of him, but his name is Andy Hull. He is uh, the lead singer of this band called Manchester Orchestra, but recently made it into uh, music headlines. He just produced and wrote Paris Jackson's album. Okay. Which kind of blows my mind because I would not put those two together in a room. Yeah. But uh, no, he's a wonderful musician. He's also in this project called uh, Bad Books. Bad Books with a T-H? (laughs) <laughs> book books no <laughs> sorry i'm still a little nikki character the lash kind of comes on and <laughs> she's a method actor we appreciate that that's why she she's always torturing people to, Meanwhile, to stay Alex, a character the meth actor of the room <laughs> i'd actually originally planned to do this entire podcast in character so i feel a little uncomfortable breaking from well the- sorry to break the bubble there daniel day lewis but that's not gonna happen uh, I don't joss with that. I don't think I know uh, uh, Mr. Hull as much as I'd like to, uh, mm-hmm. even though uh, I like Manchester and I like orchestras, but I've never listened to Manchester Orchestra. I was also distur- disturbed when the butthole surfers weren't actually butthole surfers. Wow. <laughs> Those, are Brit- Those guys are British. You just blew my mind. They're the butthole surfers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you see, you butthole, right? All right, Nick, do you joss with that or not? Uh, I'll joss with it. I'll try it out. Try it out, man. You'll, you'll try. You'll try, Mr. Hull. Yep. Jocelyn, one <laughs> last question. What's your favorite Joss jam of the year two thousand? Of the year two thousand? Two thousand? How are we supposed to remember that? Who were you into in the year two thousand? <laughs> I know who I was into in the year two thousand. Oh, retrospective. Oh, Mine was probably bare naked ladies. Yeah, that, that <laughs> makes chicka, sense. Chicka, chicka, Chinese chicken. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Racist over here. Me uh, Do you have? Do you have a? Do you have something for us? Early 2000s. I'm just going to say all of the music because I'm panicking now and I can't hit the exact No, year. no, no, no. Can we elude that it was a boy bandish? Or yeah, can we elude that Jocelyn. it was uh, Dave Grohlish? Can we elude that it was some, something else? It's probably brand new. It was probably brand new. I was going to say, yeah, it's brand this new. This is the year 2000. <laughs> Here we go. You know, it is uh, roughly 2000-ish. Any, any form of emo band uh something my chemical romance look up look up famous bands uh fact shack uh in the year 2000 not boy bands i was cool enough to think i was a really big good charlotte fan back in the day okay here we go this is much better that's pre-2000 exploded eminem was in 99 2000 okay destiny's child destiny's child Mm -hmm. pink pink yeah yeah Destiny's Child Madonna was a Madonna had baby. a renaissance at nope. that time? Nope, we're throwing Madonna out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jocelyn, we're throwing Madonna out. Oh, okay. NSYNC. NSYNC, no strings attached. Yeah, Christina Aguilera. 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 Ryan Carey. B Spears, me, me Carey. Uh, Alicia Keys. All right, out of those choices, I guess. <laughs> no, no. Jocelyn, tell us your favorite artist from the year 2000. She, oh, my God. How many times we had to ask her? She's trying. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, three doors down. Shut up. That's Jocelyn's favorite. Three doors down? No. Um, you know, you guys put a lot of pressure on me. I'm just going to go with the obvious one that everybody loved. And I know it was K-Jax's favorite, Nickelback. Hell yeah. They were popping <laughs> on the scene in about two thousand. Uh, was that 2000? Michael Black. Just got my losses back. I got this feeling in my face. <laughs> they uh, released their first album around 2000, yeah. It's too bad. It's too bad. The, uh, Y'all know. Alex's favorite. The look at this graph. Oh, Silver Side Up 2001. The look at this so graph. Close. Look at this graph. Meme is an all time meme. Oh, yeah. 
Movie news. Movie news. There is some huge, huge movie news. There is a musical on Netflix called Jingle Jangle, and it's ninety five percent. And we fuck with that movie. Yeah, yeah. We're a Jingle Jangle podcast. <laughs> We're 1, a Jingle Jangle podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, we do, have to. Do we know a single thing about it? I know that. I, Keg- I don't know. I don't know anything. about it. <laughs> I know three things. Keegan, Keegan, Michael Key's in it, and okay. he sings a song. Okay, cool. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is the narrator or okay. the host of the program. Sign me up. Three. It is an African American uh, Christmas musical that I've I've I can't think of another one that I know of that's popular. There are no other ones. Exactly. So Jingle Jangle is something <laughs> that's been missing. Sunday. In our zeitgeist, I can't believe it. Unless there's a Medea Christmas one. (laughs) There's this Christmas with Chris Brown, and we all know uh, that Chris Brown's problematic. Let's get a taste of this movie, Little Nicky. Year two thousand. Are you ready? He walks funny. You crazy? He sounds funny. I used to talk normal before my brother hit me in the face with a shovel. But on November tenth, Nicky's our only home. I mean, woof, Adam Sandler, Little Nicky. Who's Batman, Mommy? I don't know, but he sure is butt ugly. This film is not yet rated. It starts Friday, November 10th. Um, sell me. Sell me more. Sell me more of it. I want it all. I'm like that Queen song. I want it all. I was an 11-year-old boy when that trailer came out, and I was like, Mom... Take me to this movie, or you're dead to me. <laughs> My birthday movie, or else death become you. This is the fifth Happy Madison movie we've done? At least. <laughs> yeah, it's part of our top five. <laughs> we are an Adam Sandler podcast. Technically, uh, physically, we, we're actually more than an Adam Sandler podcast. We're this director's podcast. We're Stephen Brill podcast. But we'll get into that. We're going to get into that. 22% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. 22, that is uh, egregiously low. Egregiously low. Uh, Jocelyn, do you agree or not? That is a shame. I would give it a 98%. What would, what would oh. little Nikki think about that score? <laughs> I Me? think it's a fine film. Oh, no, no. What, what do you think? What do you think, Nikki? What do you think it should be rated? What, what Nikki thinks should be rated? Yeah. Well... You know, Nikki would have John absolutely nothing. Let's give it a zero. But wow. you know, we're <laughs> <laughs> well, it almost got a zero on audience percentage, except it got fifty-six more than that. It got fifty-six, fifty-six <laughs> percent. Zero plus fifty-six rating. Half the audience liked it. I think that's where the critics should have been too. Uh we'll talk about that when we re-rate it later. But Yeah. Uh, but but at the same time there are good critical ratings. Um the, the real rotten critical consensus is, despite the presence of a large, talented cast, the jokes in Little Nicky are dumb, tasteless, and not that funny. Uh, Adam Sandler's character is grating to watch. Grating, not with a D, but with a T. Like, hmm. cheese grater. Like, you have to watch it like you're going through a cheese grater. I agree to a certain extent. Yeah, you're like, this is great, and your fingers are being run over a cheese yeah, grater. <laughs> yeah. It's it it just got I guess the I guess the joke got old after a while of Adam Sandler talking weird, but at the same time it it does it get old? Is I raise the question. I don't think it gets old. I think it's endearing. Yeah. It, it aged better than it was then. It, it aged really well, actually. I think it, it's funny. 
Because in any movie that Adam Sandler speaks with like a weird talking <laughs> style, it works. Like you have this, you have Hubie Halloween, uh, you have um, when he's the devil in Dirty Work. We're gonna get into that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. He he sounds he sounds great when he's Whitey in in Eight Crazy Nights. You have his regular voice. <laughs> his regular voice is already weird enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all three of us make voices all the fucking time so maybe we're a voice apologist all four of us it definitely speaks to all, all of us. four of us because yeah, we're all, all we're talking uh digitally with jocelyn oh that's right hey jocelyn <laughs> oh. piece of shit i found a review from gone gonsalves who said a pleasantly sloppy party that doesn't go on too long oh yeah that was... that's kind of what it feels like it feels like uh somebody doing improv in your living room what uh, and it pu- ends in just the right time. <laughs> what publication does Rob uh, work for? The internet. Fort Worth Times. <laughs> um, Jocelyn, did you have a did you have a caption? No, I don't have a caption. That's okay. But I can. De- I can definitely care. relate to Nick's caption. <laughs> <laughs> uh, relate with uh, with Rob G. I get it. Uh, not Gronkowski. Mine is no. from Cody Clark from Mr. Show Business. Heaven knows how many years in purgatory I may rack up for admitting this, but I, the movie was actually pretty funny. <laughs> Do you uh, think that this movie would have benefited or gotten hurt by if he went by Lil Nicky? That's what I thought. That's what I thought it was. L I L. Yeah, I thought it was Lil Nicky. Lil Nicky. Yeah. Then he would have gotten a little Boosie crowd in there. Mm-hmm. This Lil, is pre no, Lil Boosie. Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. This is Fireman yeah. Lil Wayne era. Lil John. Yeah, little John. Did you know that the windows are in the walls? From the windows really? to the walls? From the windows in the walls? <laughs> it's not, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. God, you're <laughs> fucking terrible. Ah, gee, bird. Uh, what Roger Ebert think of this movie? Uh, Nick, don't worry. I got this covered. Um, okay, thanks. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask what Michael K thought of it. Michael K said, Four, three and a half out of five stars. He said, "Classic Sandler with an and with an unique movie." <laughs> with an unique, I think it's a unique. No, he he wrote an. This is from Rotten Tomatoes user Michael K. October twenty jo- fifth, twenty twenty. Jocelyn, I feel like you read copy a lot. Is that correct? <laughs> an unique. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Kind of like I mean, <laughs> you're thinking grammatically in terms of a vowel, but that just doesn't sound right to me. Okay, uh, Chris N said, "Love it." Can watch over and over. I don't care about the audience review. We're wasting <laughs> so Jocelyn's time. <laughs> we are wasting Jocelyn's time with this. Roger, I have all night, friends. <laughs> Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert, uh, our favorite segment, Audrey Ebert, is back. Uh, Roger reviewed this movie. He said. Uh, quote, thinking back over the movie, I'm not sure why Nicky is an intriguing comic character whose appeal doesn't depend on how he talks or looks. Uh, Sandler's contributions indeed detract from the character. I try to imagine the movie with Nicky played as a more ordinary guy, and I think it would benefit. Uh, he says in also parentheses, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, uh, the Sandler box office grosses suggest I could be wrong. Yeah, you are wrong, Roger. Uh, he's better with the accent, not with uh, if he was just playing Adam Sandler playing little Nicky. Like, I couldn't imagine. Roger uh, loves to he loves to rewrite these movies. Yeah, yeah, he loves to rewrite movies. What, what were you saying, Jocelyn? Sorry. I think if he was just a normal guy without the uh, accent um, and the, the, you know the speech impediment, I feel like it wouldn't be the same story because you know this whole story is about him being no George Clooney. Yeah, 
Yeah, you're so right. I feel like it would be way more serious and dramatic if if uh, Little Nicky was like more Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore ish. Yeah. yeah, just a fool. Yeah, you wouldn't like him as much. No, they're not fools. Like Happy Gilmore are not a fool. Like Billy Madison's not necessarily a fool. <laughs> I don't Billy know. Those Madison guys, is not a fool. Those guys are both <laughs> fools. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a slacker loser, but he's not an idiot. <laughs> obviously, because he passes passes twelve grades in twelve weeks. So Damn that's alligator pretty amazing. Bit my hand off. You should get that as a <laughs> as a drop one day. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it's time for the KJX fact check. Uh, resurrected by the power of dark magic. We built up the fact check again. And we will burn it down immediately after we this We made a podcast. blood sacrifice uh, involving Kyle uh, while he was sleeping. <laughs> hey, Fat Jack, what you got for <laughs> us? Dearly beloved, we've gathered here today around this podcast to celebrate not, not the death of something, but the life of something. The, the Fat Jack had its time, but it is sadly burned to the ground once again. But this time the ashes will not rise like a phoenix because we stomped all over them and made sure that they will never come back ever again. We have a new segment called Nick to the Facts. Nick to the Facts. And here we only stick to the facts. Uh, I'll I'll be saying uh, most of the uh, the uh, the so so called already nicking it up pretty good. <laughs> uh, Alex is still here. He is he is alive. He's just not like. I'm just chained to the wall. <laughs> we let him plus the play recording with his, uh, you don't want to know, and uh, actors and directors. Here we go. Director Stephen Brill, our guy. Our guy, Stephen Brill. Hopefully, he- we, I think we're going to breeze through this this second half of the podcast because we are, we have it all in our in our sense memories. He's so our guy, it's not even funny. He's been in. Uh, he's, direct- he's been our director for so many films. We've done five of his films. I want to say I'm five. just saying that. I'm it's a potential top five. Could it be a tease to our top five? Stay tuned and you'll find out. That's possible. Uh, it was also written by Stephen Brill, uh, Tim Hurley, and... Uh, frequent collaborator. Our guy, Adam Sandler. Uh, all, all, both of them frequent collaborators with uh, The Sandman. Not often writing on his own uh, stuff. No, 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 no. Uh, the editor? Who was the editor? Ed- editor, uh, Theo van de Sand. Uh, not to be confused with uh, Theo van de Sandler, uh, uh, the Dutch version of Adam Sandler. Uh, he is the cinematographer, also known for Big Daddy, Grown Ups, uh, uh, Double Take, uh, Future Contender, and then the 1998 superhero classic that Alex uh, will consider his favorite superhero movie, Blade. Love Blade. Love everything about big it. Big Blade guy. I'm a big Blade guy. Big bring vampires back. I, I say we bring vampires back. You'll know I'm a big Blade guy by listening to Blade Trinity, one of our, one of our few, uh, fam- famous episodes. Yeah, they're, they're rebooting it, right? You sound weird. They're rebooting it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're rebooting it with the one and only uh, Bay Area legend, Mahershala Ali. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Marvel Blade. Not, not to be confused with uh, Sony Blade. Sony Blade, you got Wesley Snipes dropping end bombs. I don't think Mahershala is going to be uh, that much. Jocelyn, what's your favorite spooky creature? Uh, like vampires, uh, we got werewolves, you got et cetera. I mean, there's so many good ones. I'm going to go with Banshee. Nobody ever nobody ever gives credit to Banshees. They're creepy. I feel like that needs to be an Irish like found footage film uh, about yeah. the, the Banshee. The Banshee. Yeah. That was how the first uh, anti-feminist movement started. Also, a bunch of banshees. Yeah, I, I for one am a fan of of a banshee. Uh, mainly You're a fanshee, a big fanshee of one banshee, and that is the banshee in Chico, California. Shout out to Chico. Shout out to Chico. Oh. 
There you go. You know, you, you gotta love a, a tough bitch that'll drag you to hell. <laughs> I'm not making that joke. <laughs> Actors. <laughs> we have our guy. The one and only Adam Sandler, of course, is the leading role. We're Adam Sandler podcast. We have been uh, this reluctant. This our best one. It I, is in our, in my re research. I found some. Uh, I found a new blurb that somebody wrote that said this movie is funnier than all of Adam Sandler's previous movies, which includes Waterboy, Abby Gilmore, etc. Combined, this movie has twice as many laughs no, as all of those. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I was like, this guy is. Going for it. <laughs> Loves little Nicky. I don't know who this guy is, but he sounds like a Satanist to me. Yep, he's got Patricia Arquette in it. Uh, Patricia Arquette as the female lead. Middle, um, Academy Award winning Patricia Arquette. In the future will be Academy Award winning actress. In the future. In the future. Uh, she is also another double V. Double V romantic interest, uh, which is famous in the Sandlerverse. Adam Sandler being a, a big fan of of women in his films that have uh, both a first name and last name that start with the letter V. I'll start with Veronica Vaughn uh, and Billy Madison. This is also Valerie, I uh, forget her name. Her, what's her last name? It's Valerie Van something. Van Zant. Van Zant. Um, and then you also have the the lead in Happy Gilmore, which is which is another Valerie v- v- Varan. V- Varan. Varan. Valerie Varan? Yeah. 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 There you go. Waterboy. Uh, her name is Vicky. Vicky Valancourt. Vicky Valancourt. Yeah, yeah. So this is a big, this is a big Sandlerverse uh, uh, clue and illusion that this this stays in the Sandlerverse. But we're gonna get into that. Wow, uh, I've never, I've never really known that. Yeah. So there's a little, there's a little fun fact for wow. you. Wow! Wow! Oh my God! It also um, had a Harvey Academy Award winner, Harvey Keitel. What did he win the Academy Award for? Was it, was I'm really it, honestly just assuming he's won an Academy Award. He I seems f- like the type of guy that would have. I feel like he won for a bad guy role, like The Accused or something like that. Something real bad, like The Piano. <laughs> oh, he, uh, yeah, he could have definitely won for uh, The Red Shoes. <laughs> is that Harvey Keitel? I don't even know what that movie is. Okay, you can look it up. Rob. Oh, he was nominated for one for Bugs. Ah, damn. He hasn't won an Academy Award? No. Wow. Get get that man an award. Should okay, we're gonna start that right now. At uh, Harvey Keitel, we're putting him up for an uh, Academy Award. Big news for us. He won the Australian Academy Award for the piano. So oh, okay, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> so he is an Academy Award winning Australian. He is an award winning actor. <laughs> we'll just get to throw that out. If um, I was advertising any movie with Harvey Keitel in it, I would put Academy Award winning, and then I'd have Australia in parentheses underneath it. No, that's too much text. Yeah, come on. Your boy, Robert Smigel, the voice of Mr. Beefy. Robert Smigel, most famous for uh, Saturday TV Funhouse on Saturday Night Live, birthed Triumph, the insult comic dog. And he is a, a deep descendant of Smigel from uh, the Lord of the Rings. Debatable. Series. Uh, we also have the Sandler crew. So you had your Alan Coverts, you had your uh, John. Uh, what's your faces? And anyway, uh, we had the Adam Sandler uh, crew. Who else is in it? Who else are the two guys besides Alan Covert? Is what I want to know. Peter Dante. Peter Dante. And the other guy is the John guy. Something. John something. Jo- Lofren. Lofren. That's who it is. John Lofren. Lofren. Lofren or Lofren. You figure it out. The guy who played the devil's uh, demon buddy. The devil's sons. The only way you make it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Blake. Yeah. The only way you make it. Yeah. Blake. <laughs> I'm, yep. not, I'm not clicking again, so I'm not going to find no, out. No, his no. Last you name. also have Reese Ephens, who's, who's in this. BAFTA nominee. BAFTA nominee, Reese Ephens. Reese Ephens. Far from Oscar winner. <laughs> also known as Dr. Connors <laughs> from The Amazing Spider Man. 
Yeah, BAFTA standing for badass fucking terrible actor. <laughs> Am I right? Just kidding, Reese. You are a hero to me. Come on the podcast. Uh, you're talking about Reese Witherspoon. That's right. Who's also in this <laughs> film? Uh, Reese Witherspoon, future Academy Award winning actress. There you go, Nick. There's something for you. Academy Award winning. Yeah, there you go. Are you happy? You better be. Uh, yeah, she plays the role of uh, Nikki's uh, mom, who happens to be an angel. Uh, Tiny Lister's in this film, a.k.a. Debo from Friday. He is another one of Nikki's brothers. Yep. That's all we got to say. He's a tough guy. Reese Witherspoon really is an angel. She's mm-hmm. she, she Now she's a mom angel. She's been a mom angel. She's been Ma- a mom, mom angel. Mom angel. Mom angel. Mom angel. Uh, speaking of Friday, you also have John Witherspoon with a brief cameo as the uh, a lot the of cameos, a lot of cameos. Grifter. Yeah, we're going to talk about that uh, later in the podcast. We got Dana Carvey in a cameo. We got John Lovitz in a cameo. We got Kevin Nealon in a cameo. Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. Michael Ellen McKean. Cleghorn. Bill Walton. And then, of course, Michael McKean. I think that's I think that's as much as we're going to get involved with the actors. Um, Jocelyn, anybody you wanted to shout out that we haven't listed? Ozzie. Carrie Russell doesn't count because she's in Felesti. You forgot about Ozzy. Oh, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that. Yeah, we'll talk about that later in later in the show. Uh, Adam Sandler's wife was one of the angels as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> My obsession with this movie is the day that it came out, November tenth, two thousand. Wow, was this a Nick Vember movie? It was a Nick Vember movie. You know what happened that day? What did you do? That was nine days before I turned nine. Wow. Eleven. Ten? I think I was ten. <laughs> eleven days before you turned nine? I was eleven. <laughs> I turned eleven that. I turned eleven. <laughs> it was nine days before I turned uh, eleven, and it was uh, the day <laughs> day after Jocelyn's birthday. <laughs> no, it was seven days after Jocelyn's birthday. Six days. Six after. days after Jocelyn's birthday. Six days after I turned ten. Ten, yes. Wow. What would you tell ten-year-old Jocelyn... After she watched Little Nicky. <laughs> I'm pretty sure 10 year old Jocelyn did watch it and she thought it was fucking awesome. <laughs> so you just be, you would go back in time just to look, look your former self in the eye at 10 years old and say, like, keep doing good. Keep you're doing, doing good. You're doing good. You're doing good. I'm sure my parents regret it very much uh, because of the impact that it had on my young mind. <laughs> Sorry, Jocelyn. Carry on. Rated PG 13. But, uh, it's a hard PG thirteen, almost almost pushing that in them R standards with the fake boobs and the language uh, and the eternal internal damnation. But they left it PG thirteen. Little Nicky was on the level of South Park in my household, in that I wasn't allowed to watch it. That makes sense. I believe it. I believe it. Uh, but you had a great runtime, solid ninety. Ninety solid hour and a half runtime. Perfect runtime of a movie. Everybody knows it. And Uh, that was with uh, seven minutes of stars bonus features after. (laughs) The taglines: If your father was the devil and your mother was an angel, you'd be messed up too. Yeah, it's not good. It's too long. There, there's a lot of options. Yeah, it's it's very well. It's uh, like you said. It's very South Parky. It's very late nineties in that. This is a movie about divorce, probably. Yeah, a celestial divorce. <laughs> what if that's the movie? It's just Nikki deciding who to who to who to be who to live with the rest of his attorney. And the tagline spoils the reveal that he's half angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's oh, up with that? Twist alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! The beginning of that. Yeah, yeah. Did, Jocelyn, it, did that have... ruin it for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jocelyn, do you have a tagline? Yes, I do. Um, I said, uh, this film makes the Lord very nervous. <laughs> that might even get me to watch it. <laughs> I think that would be funny. That's better than mine. Mine is, hell yeah. <laughs> I like that. That would probably make $100 million uh, below the Bible Belt alone. That should have just been the tra- the 30-second trailer that they show on TV in spots. It would just be one guy going like, <laughs> 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 
Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and then little Nikki playing yeah. over it. We'll be right back with little Nikki. <laughs> uh, mine is this Christmas you can finally root for the bad guy. Which is which makes sense because little Nikki is the bad guy. Like we're watching the son of uh, Satan the entire film uh, try to win, and we're rooting for him. Yeah, little do they know little, uh, problematic. Yeah, though they know anti heroes were going to be big coming out. Yeah, they jumped the gun about five years. Yeah, they beat Bad Grandpa to it though. That was the uh, tagline for Bad Grandpa. <laughs> this Christmas, you can finally root for the bad grandpa. Root for the bad. That come out on Christmas? Wasn't that Bobby De Niro? That's Dirty Grandpa. No, di- uh, that's yeah, Dirty Grandpa. Yeah, bad, bad Grandpa was Bad Grandpa was Irvin Zisman. John Knoxville. John K. Knoxville. He's old, he's an old man now. He goes by John Knoxville. Yeah, yeah. John Tennessee. That's his real name. Uh, <laughs> plot keywords. Yeah, the Lucifer Morningstar character. The original Borat is uh, actually Johnny Knoxville as that old grandpa. <laughs> plot keywords. You got. Keep up. Plot keywords, you have a Lucifer Morningstar character. Can you do them in a evil person voice, please? <laughs> no, uh, no. I'll do my imperson- impersonation of uh, Little Nicky, though. Plot keywords are... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it. 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 It's, uh, plot keywords are Lucifer Morningstar character, Adolf Hitler... <laughs> Adolf Hitler character, lead character played by the screenwriter, Hell and the Devil. Wow, I think I'm out of a job. Should I just sign off right now? No, no, no. <laughs> I'll speak for the audience on this one, Jocelyn. You're still better at it. <laughs> You're still number one in our hearts. Jocelyn, it helps that your face is already, uh, your mouth is off to the side. Mm-hmm. People don't know that listening to this podcast, but you already have a mouth that's uh, on the side of your head. Congratulations. Oh, well, thank you. It's natural. <laughs> Budget. I read somewhere that this movie cost $75 million, but it says $85 million. Uh, a lot of money. And how much did they get from Popeyes? That's what I need to know. I spent an hour yeah. today doing research wondering how much this boosted Popeyes profit. I, I feel like it did exponentially. While you were eating Popeyes. Yeah. You know, I kind of have a feeling in my heart that they had no arrangement with Popeyes previously, and this was just all... For the heck of it. No way. I mean, you want to believe that there's no agreements before the film is made, but Adam Sandler's not going to be like, look, I want this Popeye's logo here. I want this Kmart logo here. He's like, he'll, he'll, he, he makes the deal first, and then I think it comes after the fact. It's not, it's not haphazardly uh, put in. Like, McDonald's wasn't haphazardly is that put like, in the Big Daddy script. Is he like uh, Michael Jordan? Is like Popeye's is like, wait. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Legally, I don't think you can do that. Yeah, Adam Sandler's to get clearance. Like, well, there's free use, and then there's then there's intentional like promotion, and that's what he's doing. Like, oh, he's yeah. he pre pre production his production company went to Popeyes and said, "Look, we have this idea for this movie. This character really loves your chicken. Are you down? Are you down with the placement and uh, and x amount of money towards the production budget? Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. Kmart in." Popeyes in. What else did he drink? This makes a lot of what the top, else did he top 10 lists on uh, most product placement Harlem movies. Yeah. Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> in. Well, Coca Cola in. Almost every Adam Sandler movie has like a noticeable product yes, placement. Yes. That's the point. That's the yeah. point we're bringing up is that the Mr. Mr. Product Placement is Adam Sandler. Whether that's towards the budget or just him pocketing that money, up for debate. Or just in exchange for a lot of free chicken. 
Yeah, that could be it. Just a lot of free good chicken. He could be like Michael Jordan where he gets paid like $30 million to play, but then he makes like $150 million every year just in advertising. Residuals, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 speaking of uh, budget, what it grossed was 56. So, so I, th- I think that number's low because it doesn't consider the DVD sales. This is a very cult-like movie, I, I feel like. Uh, but yeah. Uh, 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 but as we get into it, uh, as we get into it, let's get trivial. Let's get trivial, <laughs> trivial. Let's get uh, no, trivial, trivial. Copyright, trivial. copyright. Let's yeah, get trivial, trivial. Uh, I want to see your brain talk. We already said one of them. What's what's the best trivia that's ever existed on any platform? When John Lovitz was on the celebrity edition of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? So first sentence, you got a lot. You got a lot to go on. John Lovitz is smart enough to be on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Funny enough to sit in that chair. Very smart guy. He promoted this movie and mentioned some of the co-stars. Interestingly, host Regis Philman has an uncredited cameo as himself, but never mentioned to John Lovitz or the audience that he's in the same movie. What what that says to me is <laughs> Regis doesn't give away free promos. It's you pay him to make that movie plug, uh, or you're doing it yourself, John Lovitz, because ain't no way. Ain't no well, way. I got my paycheck. You know, Regis wasn't the best version of himself in Little Nicky, though. So would you really want to promote that? I don't know. Like, what happened to him, Regis? Yeah, maybe it was like instant regret. Could have been that. see the untouchables? That was that right. was peak Regis. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's the best Regis was early two thousands Regis. I feel like <laughs> Regis and Kelly, Regis pre like post Kathy Lee where he's uh, auditioning uh, for host, and then and then Kelly Ripa shows up and just big daddies him to death. <laughs> What's happened to you, Regis? <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Regis Philbin. We lost him this year. Lost a lot of people in 2020. Uh, we won't get into that because we're just going to start crying. <laughs> uh, but we didn't lose Robert Smigel, who voiced Mr. Beefy and was, like I said earlier, also voiced Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. And we, we have to bring up that uh, pugs are better than bulldogs, right, Jocelyn? Oh. Is that what you're yeah, saying? right, they are. Oh. <laughs> boo. Boo. <laughs> boo to pugs. Boo to pugs. It's all about bulldog. Cut all that out, Kyle, except the boo part. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, the, we also have to mention the fact that during the basketball scene, Dana Carvey, who plays Whitey, uh, our favorite basketball referee, but uh, but a w- very crass version of him, uh, uh, goes one on one against Little Nicky, gets gets his ankles broken, literally breaks his ankle. That's right, Dana Carvey <laughs> during production breaks his ankle during the basketball uh, <laughs> shooting scene. Had to be on crutches, yeah, yeah, had to be on crutches the remainder of the. the Dana film, Carvey on crutches is probably peak comedy that yeah. is probably fucking funny that guy on crutches he yeah. he's got he's probably got gags he's got gags it's like uh robin williams would have also been a very good crutch character now it's time for the real run recap uh jocelyn i feel like you, you know did it, you did it last time yeah and you did great yeah um, i've been told i have to do this entirely in a little nicky voice so Apologize in advance if you don't understand me. I do what you feel. Okay, where am I going with this? First act. Okay. So, <laughs> a big horny bird who fell out of a tree and down a hellhole. But, you know, there's actually some music playing. And then, like, we, like, meet the son of Satan. His name is Nicky, but let's just say he's no George Clooney. <clears throat> anyway, you, then you then make two sons of dragons. Um... 
they're, they're his brothers, but they like freeze hell and then they bail to earth and, and dad starts falling apart or something. So somehow it's, it's left up to Nikki and he's, he's, he's given the responsibility of going up to earth to stop him, but like he's never even slept over at some other dude's house. So I don't know why he was given this job. Okay. Um, let's see what happens next. Uh, Okay, uh, so he, he goes up to Earth and he gets he gets hit by a train, but it's like a big hunk of metal with some light on it. Nobody gave him any warning about this anyways. But um, so he meets this <laughs> dog who really loves strippers. Uh, his name is Mr. Beefy, and he, uh, he introduces him to Popeye's chicken. Um, turns out it's really fucking awesome. And um, somehow the Globetrotters get involved. I don't really know. I'm a leaver of the bear and the bitches. Uh, okay. Uh, second act. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so second act uh nikki's running around trying to get strangers to get in the flask and he uh, meets this really awkward girl named valerie and i think he likes her because she has a really juicy heart-shaped tiny but she's like not really into him saying that and she like doesn't want him to wash his winky in her kitchen sinky so uh he ends up getting stoned after getting rejected um plays a lot of chicago which backwards is pretty six 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 it's badass uh and then he ate this funny cake and he turns into a butterfly and floats up to her window, uh, wins her over somehow. I don't know. She's pretty into it after that. But then he like somehow dies again and, and he ends up in heaven where uh, it's surprisingly not dad's birthday. Um, and now what happens? Let's see. Uh, oh, he meets a super hot angel mom who will never forget her time in Mexico with his dad. And that's how Nikki was born. White claw break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then we get upon the third act, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so he's back on Earth, but it's like really hell. And he gets into this like super devil smackdown with his brothers, which involves uh, covering Henry Winkler and bees. Sorry, Henry. Um, and then Ozzy shows up and bites the head off of a bat. Uh, okay, okay, so the battle happens. Long story short, he wins. It's kind of a happy ending, except for this like really disturbing part where uh, he like reproduces uh which is a little disturbing but like uh long story short that's the end <laughs> there we go <laughs> okay. well, amazing might be the really bi- out of breath after that yeah, yeah you might be the biggest expert in any movie that we've had on as a guest yeah you know it so well that you can fit the quotes into the recap which is something we haven't heard so, so the trick is i actually remember the quotes in order so i, I worked that entire thing around the quotes <laughs> because jocelyn just took your job that's just what happened regis <laughs> amazing so the are you for real it sounds like to you is that uh nikki reproduces at the end that he has a half a quarter devil half human quarter angel baby yes <laughs> you're right it is a problem when he makes all the kids like do devil stuff in k- kindergarten like how is uh change of the kids milk into moose piss? Yeah, like yeah. this kid's gonna be dangerous. Uh he's got he's he's got good parents. He got all right parents. He just needs to learn how to control. He's his got boys. all right parents. He's got a what does Valerie do? She's a design she's a design student. So that means she, she's not gonna Yeah. Be, but Nikki's the spawn of Satan, but he uses his powers for good, so obviously they're 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 fine. Yeah, but what if Nikki can't control him? I don't think he can. I smell a sequel. Oh, we'll talk about it. Never a sequel. <laughs> uh, but why you got to talk like that the whole movie? 
Why you gotta talk like 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 that? I don't. I've never met someone who got hit in the face with a shovel who ever talked like that. They don't talk like that at all. They don't even talk. People who get hit in the heads with shovels. Yeah. So, there you go. There's that. Question though: Once gardening was or uh, Valerie was gardening and like hit his face back right, did he still have the voice? That's my question too. Like it doesn't. The voice doesn't come from having your mouth sideways. I can sit there with my mouth sideways and talk normally. So, so maybe he just has the raspy voice, but his mouth is conked to the side to make it sound weird. So, inst- so instead, he would just talk like this all the time. I think that makes it more normal with his mouth to the side. <laughs> Because that voice, that voice is weird. So he has Bell's palsy, Nick. That's he never got hit in the head with a shovel. He has Bell's palsy. I get it. Well, what do you call that condition where you're half your face? Bell's palsy. Bell's yeah, <laughs> Bell's palsy. Yeah. No, yeah. that's or you like, have a stroke. I didn't know that was a pre. I thought there was like a. Con- eh, it's called mind. Bell's palsy. Yeah. Wait, what's it called? I missed that. <laughs> K Jack syndrome. Uh, uh, <laughs> Who's Michelle that that uh, so I, I rewatched it to? today and there's a whole gag in there, not a gag, the barking phone, the puppy phone. So Reese Witherspoon gets a call from her friend Michelle, says, uh, says like, oh, I'm not gonna tell you if he's hot, he's my son, and then she's you like, perv? And yeah. then she's like, okay, bye, <laughs> and just hangs up, and then he's like, tell her I said, that was Michelle. Yeah, she says hi. Tell, tell her I said hi, and then she picks up her phone to call her call back her again, back. and then drops it. And I was like, "Was that just Reese Witherspoon improv?" Like, no, what? I like, think that was like. How a, could that have been written in the script? Would they like say somebody dumb, dead? That was like a dumb, clueless joke. I feel like that was a dumb because he's trying to like Sandler wholly wrote Nikki's mom's character and and her friends to be like ditzy single young chicks. <laughs> Right, so yeah. I think that's yeah. part of that joke about saying like, "Oh, I'm I'm actually going to call them back to say he says hi back," sort of thing. Yeah, I just Jocelyn, thought, correct me. I if thought I'm wrong. Michelle was going to be a name drop, and it wasn't. I think your theory on that was that was planned, and she was acting dizzy. That that one's the correct one. I don't I don't think that was a uh, improv. I wish I was wrong. That's all I got to say. Well, the I worst part of the, the craziest part of this movie is that rent in New York was twelve hundred dollars for a two bedroom. In the year two thousand, in the year two thousand, that was a that was a big twelve hundred though. When you think about it, twelve hundred was a lot in the year two thousand compared to what it is now. Inflation, bro. But that's like you're paying six hundred dollars each for your own room in an enormous apartment. Could you imagine what neighborhood they living in? Though we don't know what neighborhood. It's got to be like the like east side. Yeah, I'm thinking oh, hell's. <laughs> I'm thinking hell's kitchen. Uh, hell's kitchen, Upper Bronx, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Wait, isn't this in Chi- Oh, it's not Chicago. Uh, but weed is $500 an ounce. So things have changed that drastically. Makes, that makes less sense to me. I feel like it'd be like over $1,000 in New York City. In New York City. Well, you know, I have a feeling he probably got scammed. Oh, it's probably some, some schnickel fritz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now you can get an ounce for like 150 Yeah, less than that sometimes. <laughs> wow, things have really changed for the better. Now we have to pay so much rent that we can't survive but we can be super high. We right? get the size we want. Yeah, <laughs> it's just price difference. Yeah, yeah, sure. A uh, real good moment in this film. The I think the best part of this film to me would have to be the entire like world building, the whole the whole set design of hell itself, um, the 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 mythology. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's the that's the be- better part for me in this film is the is the fantasy aspect of of this, the, the mythical aspects of this film. I always I, I give me a heaven versus hell film. I'll I'll watch it nine times out of ten. Yeah, I liked hell because it looked like fun, but it also looked like hell. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
they they like we're having a good time. Some of them some of them are having a good time. Some are having a bad time. I've always thought that's how hell should be. There should be like those people that thrive in hell, and there's people that are being punished in hell. There's like a yeah, and lots of fun creatures walking around. I love the big fun fur, creatures, big furry people. I you love know? them. There's that bird that rapes the John Lovitz. Big horny bird. Over. There's yep. the there's the monkey beast creature. Uh, there's uh, the, all the demons. There's yeah, pasty face guy. Yeah. Tidhead. There was the the real the bad moment was the very beginning of the movie when John Lovitz is a peeping bird, Tom. Sure, but then they immediately uh, cover up, and the rest of the movie actually aged pretty well. Yeah, I think so. For the most part, for being an Adam Sandler movie in the year two thousand, you would think that this is a lot worse. It yeah. would be a lot. Worse. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there are some bad moments, like the gay jokes and stuff. But yeah, but that's we talked about that. Already. That's that's the worst part of the movie. Jocelyn, uh, what's your real good moment? Um, okay, well, I think the most obvious to me is just the soundtrack because oh, yeah. if all of that music wasn't there, the movie would be nowhere as badass as it is. Like, but you got like all the cool like school of hard knocks stuff going on. I love it. Like, imagine if he was the son of Satan who was into like classical music. Would not be the same movie. It'd be scarier if this he movie. Yeah, if this movie came out like five five years later. It would have been like emo punk. <laughs> <laughs> that he, he would have been down for that. He's got the emo haircut. He does have the emo really haircut, does. but <laughs> he's got the Pete Wentz hair. Yeah, and then he could be singing songs like this. Um, no, the, no, there is something to say about the soundtrack. That's that's famous for uh, Adam Sandler is to pull like as many artists that he's listening to at the time or or as a child he listened to into the soundtrack. And this is this is case number one. Like he's got all of his favorite hard rock from. From the from the eighties, uh, from the late seventies and early eighties. Did you say hard knocks? Because we're from the school, exactly. Of hard knocks, and we're ready to rock. And you got the modern, the modern rock of P.O.D. You had Incubus. You had uh, that one song where it was running, running, running through. While he was running, like <laughs> that that song stuck with me for so long, and I don't remember why I remembered that song until I rewatched this film. Like, oh, that's that song. I thought it was like some other really dumb movie, but it wasn't. It was Little Nicky. I thought the good moment of this movie is uh, that it was uh, generally sweet. It didn't make a lot of sense. That was the main no. problem. Yeah. Um, the gags could have been a lot better. The set pieces could have been a lot better. But overall, it's pretty cohesive and like fun for the most part. Yeah. No. I didn't, I didn't have a bad time. No, no. It's still a good time 20 years later. I, I thought think the, that's the his, best takeaway. It's one of his best best friends movies. So yeah. guys from the crew. Yeah. Uh, they really outperformed their roles, I thought. Yeah. And uh, the cameos, for the most part, work. I, the cameos are great because it implies that there's a much larger universe. Th- so that's fantastic. All these ladies with the double Vs, uh, double V names, they're all, uh, they're all alive. So it'd be great if uh, he did... Is Adam Sandler going to do a movie eventually where it's all the... Didn't SNL do that? No, uh, they did a Jim Carrey version. Yeah, they they did a crossover. They kind of crossed it over with the most recent Adam Sandler film, Hubie Halloween, where they they had a couple characters call back, a la Ben Stiller's character from Happy Gilmore. Um, you had there's a couple other people in that film um, that that were that were similar to that. So I think it's coming. I think that's what he's alluding to. Adam Sandler is to make a Sandler verse film. Oh, the AC, the SCU, the Sandler Cinematic Universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kyle, we found a new universe for you to go to. We talked about that last episode, but I think it got lost in the field. (laughs) Jocelyn, who worked for you and who did not work for you? Who 
made it work with like all of the cameos. I feel like part of the, the best part of this movie is just like people just randomly pop in and you're like, what? But who really didn't make it work, in my opinion, no offense, Valerie, she could have done more, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she she was uh, unremarkable at the very least. Uh, she was just, Adam should be kind of worried about who she was. She was just selling, was she pawning stuff on the side of the street? Yeah, she was. Uh, Did she make any money? She was a busker. She was, like, a, yeah, like an artist busker. Yeah. Yeah, I hope, and she, but she was going to school for design. Yeah, making making teddy bear superheroes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that sounds like she's a real winner. Yeah, she would definitely be the person to have the strangest homemade craft store from Etsy. That's exactly. What she is. But she does appear to be an underground Satanist with the way that she is designing some uh, superhero teddy bears and living by herself uh, below below a transsexual, and then. Also being really quiet, but su- super that, violent. Yeah, I thought that her room was actually a nice touch in that it did look like a crazy person's room. Yeah, yeah. She totally is, is about to kill some people. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, though, like completely against who I thought she was in this movie when she, like, you know, eventually finds out he's the son of Satan and school with it. You She's know? totally cool with it. She's totally <laughs> yeah. cool with it. That's such a weird when thing. When people buy in in this movie is the best part. The, the best friends, that's why they worked so well is because they were just like. They knew it. Yeah, they're all in it. <laughs> Fucking right. awesome, dude. Uh, who made it work for you, Nick? Uh, they did, and the uh, and the cameos. Who didn't work for me was uh, the plot and the brothers. Uh, they were just okay. Yeah, I agree. the 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 brothers didn't work for me as well. To say they were pointless would be wrong, but but to say that they weren't as strong as they should have been, I guess. Yeah. But Alan, but the focus isn't isn't on them. It's on Nikki. Yeah, Alan Covert's character. I, you're about to bring it up. But yeah, uh, yeah. He was underutilized. Underutilized. I wanted more covert. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be more overt with my covert. If, yeah, if I should say that. Yeah. And uh, Harvey Keitel is zaddy in this movie. The zaddy. I almost forgot to say he's that. He's a hot devil. Yeah, he works. He replaced Dustin Hoffman. Who apparently was the devil first? I, cou- I couldn't believe that. He'd be a different type of devil. He not nearly horny enough. For very this analytical, movie. very yeah. analytical devil. Yeah, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel is perfect. No, he's good because he has that. Uh, that uh, it's like the Dracula, the sensual, yeah, sexy, sensual, sexy, per- sinister, sexual persuasion, <laughs> desire of of temptation. The last <laughs> temptation of Harvey Keitel. I don't know if he was in the Last Temptation of Christ. Alex, why don't you look that up? But he should be because that's a Scorsese film. Johnson um, as a pe- person of the fairer sex, who is the sexiest person in this movie? Ooh, um definitely Nikki's dad. Yeah. I mean, I understand why Reese Witherspoon uh, created Nikki after a few too many drinks in Mexico. He's Judas, right? Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Harvey Keitel was Judas in Last Temptation of Christ, so I think I was right in that. Uh, speaking of temptation, you know who knocked it out of the park for me? As always, Rodney Dangerfield as Lucifer. <laughs> what a great cameo, and what a great role for, for Rodney to portray. And even even if he only got to say that one joke, even in hell I don't get respect. Like, that's really that's really good. R.I.P. Rodney. That, that was a key line yeah. in that movie. I think that's where Adam Sandler gets a writing credit, is he was like, we'll have this guy on, and he could say his famous line from this movie. <laughs> Uh, no, Rodney's Rodney's other joke is really good where um, he gets Tidhead to take off his bra and he says, whoa, I haven't seen <laughs> Jugs that big since two hillbillies were blowing on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, don't remember that joke. That was funny. That, made, that was a genuine laugh that I just gave you. 
Super gin. Cut that out, Kyle. Speaking <laughs> of laughs, speaking of laughs, uh, replace an actor with an animal. I'm replacing Harvey Keitel and his sexy zaddiness with a kookaburra. Kookaburra. <laughs> that is a kookaburra laughing. Wow, kookaburra. <laughs> kookaburra is a lot. are intense. I am loosely connected through other people, two people in Australia, and they have said kookaburras are menaces. Yeah, they are. They're really annoying. That's why they work as the devil, though, I think. I'm going to replace both the brothers with large lizard people. Uh, I think it works. Like uh, They would be part dragon... It'd be Scientology. Then they'd come up here and they'd create Scientology, and then that's like how dark Scientology. Crystal-y? Yeah, dark. Yeah, kind of like that. So not like they live more dark, dark crystal. No, not dark crystally. I'm thinking like uh, they live like, a, like Komodo Komodo dragon standing up. People. That's what I'm thinking. Wow, oh, you're like thinking lizard more. talk like people. <laughs> yeah, they look exactly <laughs> like a lizard, but <laughs> but they talk like people. We are the lizard people. <laughs> Jocelyn, replace an actor with an animal. This, this, yeah. All right. I'm kind of not following the rules depending on your definition of actor, but like most things in life, I would replace, uh, I would have a pug dog instead of Mr. Beefy because I just feel like it'd be 10 times funnier coming from a pug dog. That's men in black, though, bro. Yeah, but I mean, like, think on that same level. Like, he's just a pug dog. Like, that's just 10 times funnier because he's just so rolly and then just like. But like, I guess he's smart because he has the voice of a human. I yeah, don't know. I highly disagree, but I do have <laughs> one question for you. Can I take that dog? You know what I wouldn't replace him with is a goat, because uh, apparently oh goats are God. terrible to work with. <laughs> yeah, they're hard. They're and, hard and to work the, with. And the devil. No. Uh, oh yeah, Black Phillip. Yeah. Black Phillip. Yeah, Black Phillip, the, the goat from uh, the movie The Witch, was a notoriously shit heel in, at, in production. <laughs> shit heel. <laughs> they're not going to hire that goat again. Yeah, that goat. Your goat will never work in this town again. But I have a slight issue. Would that leave people the whole movie wondering if that was re- Nikki's real mother? Yeah, that too. There would be too much sexual tension uh, <laughs> between uh, the yeah. goat and well, uh, Harvey Keitel. It's a two-sided, uh, two-sided coin right there. There'd yeah. be a lot of questions. Yeah. Just making a lot of points. Uh, quotes, Jocelyn, you actually said a bunch of your... You said 85% you said, of them. You said uh, all the quotes. Uh, I had one quote uh, from Patricia. It's the best part of Patricia Harquette in this movie, and it was when she acts like the homeless person on the subway, and she has this whole rant while she's trying to... <laughs> Thanks. But we'll take that bottle of booze. <laughs> I'll be back with my flip-flop. I cannot believe that was Patricia Shark. You want to play with my flip-flop? <laughs> I'm going to say that maybe for the next three years. I think that's like a three-year yeah. saint. Welcome to my hell. Want to bliz- is, is she saying blizzle with my flip-flop? You want to flick him with my flip-flop? Jocelyn, you're the interpreter of this movie. What is she saying? Um, something about forgetting her flip-flop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> I just thought that was the best character acting in the movie. For sure. Uh, besides the product placement lines. I came for the beer and the bitches. <laughs> oh, the official uh, the official IMDb uh, quote from Valerie is, Want to blizzle with my blizz blob? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what one line that did stick with me throughout my childhood was when they're pillow fighting at the very end, him and Adrian, and uh, Nikki says, "You want a pillow fight, do you? Well, then let's let the feathers fly." <laughs> I don't know why that's forever stuck with stuck in my head. Oh, and and then the the Creepy. sorry. <laughs> one more quote is when the when they they're all eating the cake, and then John uh, 
John says it? Or Peter? No, Peter says it. Peter says, oh yeah, I dumped a fat sack of reefer to the mix. I thought I'd spice up the batch. Like, that's <laughs> always been in my head. That's always been in my head when it comes to people smoking reefer or eating reefer. I just love that Peter Dante, he's part of all of the universes and that he acts the exact same way in same all of character. the movies. So they're just, <laughs> the only one that he's like kind of different in is Mr. Deeds when he's like that... The fatter guy who was at the airfield in yeah. the beginning. But yeah. Or the quarterback, I guess, because yeah. the quarterback had a Louisiana accent. Yeah. Jocelyn, you're only allowed to choose one quote. What's the last? What's the only quote you're allowed to say from this movie for the rest of your life? My, I think my most standout quote, take me to the Big Apple because I'm going to rock that town like a hurricane. <laughs> when I rewatched it uh, today and I heard that line, I did think of you. I thought of, <laughs> here I, I, I am. I am. Man, I really, there's this one quote that's said by the cops when Mr. Beefy gasses him when he's like running away from them. You know, when, when, uh, when Alan Covert says, run, Beefy, run, <laughs> there's the thing where he starts to release the gas and then the, the, the cop says something like, that, that dog's gassing us out <laughs> something like that. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, uh, not the act itself, but, but what that stupid guy says. Yeah, I think the best part. Uh, there's also a very good Harvey Keitel boo. We already played it, uh, where he just, he gets bad news and he just goes, Boo. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it reminds me of one of my former coworkers. Uh, shout out to her who would hear my jokes and uh, she would either not laugh, which means that it was good joke, or she would just look me in the eyes and say, boo. <laughs> and that's how I knew it was a very good joke. <laughs> Are you talking about my girlfriend? Because that's how she fucking yeah, reacts I, to my bad jokes. What's your last line? It was uh, final words. Oh, it's when uh, when Alan Covert's character kills uh, Nikki. He goes, "Damn you, Kevin Spacey! You take all my parts." <laughs> so it wasn't problematic then, but now it's problematic. That sentence itself, because uh, the person I was watching the film with uh, turned to me and said, "Wait, everybody knew about Kevin Spacey twenty years ago." And I was like, "No, but yes, but no, but yes." <laughs> the fucking, uh, your their innocence. Uh, make it fresh. More ad libs, obviously. Let everybody just let it just be like one of those. Uh, this, I guess this is what fe- the Rogan verse got right. Yeah, the Rogan verse just had higher quality funny people. I think that's where they they're allowed to to where riff. they could riff off, riff off each yeah, other. Yeah, they're all like professional comedians that were like good, uh, quick, quick, quick guys. Instead of just friends no, busting each other's balls. Yeah, which is all of future Adam Sandler movies. Is he just has all his friends there and they all just make jokes at each other's expense, which is yeah. like all of the '90s and early 2000s humor. I agree. Uh, I I think you make it fresh by just re-releasing it. <laughs> it's the 20th anniversary. Yeah, you release that movie now, everybody would be like, "Wow, really weird, awesome movie!" Like, there's a weird there's they would think there's a random genius behind it and just roll with it. It's part of that weird late '90s trend of having those apocalyptic movies. Like, you had a lot of weird end of days movies like end of days because of y2k because of y2k and people that actually think armageddon was gonna happen like that volcano movie with tommy lee jones or like uh volcano dogma <laughs> yeah or like uh, that movie that dogma movie with uh with the- kevin smith <laughs> uh you had this movie with uh with the little satan uh little 12 Nikki. monkeys that was a post late 90s yeah movie. post-apocalyptic I hope we yeah get back. escape from la i hope we get back to those uh, I mean, I think we're due for some another round of apocalyptic films. <laughs> well, I think we got all snake bit by like the whole zombie thing. Yeah, yeah, zombies came in. Dominated the Terminator for a long time. really killed us too. The last apocalypse time. movie, besides all the rock ones. Hey, but 
Latest Mad Max, fantastic. Yeah. Does that count? Yeah, that's post-apocalyptic, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not pre-apocalyptic. This is a hell movie more than an apocalypse movie. Well, it almost started the apocalypse is the whole, that's yeah. the whole plot line. Would you call it like a, not biblical, but there's like another term for. I know what you're talking about. Just, yeah. R- religious. Like, rapturous. Rapturous. There you go. I, I, rapturous probably isn't a word, but rapture is no, a word. No, but like that, that's kind of. T- I'm going to look that up. Scraping the right. surface. Probably not a word, but that's definitely more. Rapturous is totally a word. Oh, there you go. Yeah. My parents used to say I used to walk like rapturous. Raptor-ish. Yeah, you know, it's it's when raptors <laughs> take over the earth. <laughs> how, Jocelyn, how would you make this movie fresh, seventy five percent or higher? I feel like it needed a little like casual Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah, how is he the only guy not in this movie? What was he you doing? Say Buscemi, I say Buscemi. Is it Shemi or Buscemi? <laughs> I love me some uh, scrimp, well, scrimp Shemi. We can he call doesn't... him what Adam Sandler calls him, which is the booch, the booch. Okay, I'll go with that because I clearly I can't pronounce it. But yeah, no, I feel like he would be the perfect character to like yeah. creep somebody out in hell. How was he not in hell? Yeah, or the peeping tom. Like that's a great visual joke unto really itself. Well, like, Just because his eyes are gigantic, yeah, his eyes <laughs> yeah. bug out. It should have been crazy eyes. That should have been the first issue. I'm seeing what movies he was making eyes. during that time. He was in. Um, he was in depth in. Um, oh gosh, he was post Fargo, pre. He was in Animal Factory. <laughs> He, that and, was the movie with that was the movie that he did. Yeah, that and was twenty eight days. Yeah, that was the Sandra Bullock movie, and then he was in the Animal Factory movie, which I think he directed. I think he was. Uh, oh, and then is the that sequel, why? Yeah, he did. Like, he did direct it. You're right. Yeah, he directed. Yeah, so that's, that's he was too busy directing a movie with a cro- with a cross dressing Mickey Rourke and Edward Furlong. He in, used in all, of his, all of his all of his the Big Lebowski Big Daddy uh, money and and Con Air money. Yeah, he, he, was, shit. He, he was riding high right here at, around this time. Hell yeah, no, this is right when he was getting his in his directorial uh, groove. Then the boosh. Now it's time for the top five. Top five. We're gonna rank our cameos. There's a lot. We mentioned them earlier. There's a lot of them. We all have the list in front of us. So by all means, let's let's go. Jocelyn, who's your number five? Okay, number five will have to be the entire team of Harlem Globetrotters. Okay, are you a fan? <laughs> you know, I actually am a fan of the Harlem Globetrotters, and I feel like they really gave this movie a little something extra. Um, as they always do. As they always do. Did For you ever watch the cartoon? I, I must ask that. Did you ever watch the Harlem Globetrotters cartoon? As in when they were in Scooby-Doo? Or did they have their own cartoon? They had their own spinoff from before. After Scooby-Doo. Yeah, after where Scooby-Doo. They were crime, oh, yeah, sol- they they were crime solvers, too. They were like, they were no, they were, it's, it's a runoff of the joke from Futurama. They're like galactic, uh, they're like galactic superheroes and have mm-hmm. their own superpowers mm-hmm. a la it's Space Jam. Weird. It's weird. It's wow, they were hour-long programs, and the first half would be the Harlem Globetrotters getting their asses kicked by some other basketball team, and them coming back with their superpowers and then beating them. So yeah, Isn't it's very, very uh, uh, captivating television as a '70s child. That is pretty wild. <laughs> the last live event I went to, uh, this is in the in the lost episode. Uh, was Stop the, saying that. Was the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, I, I went and saw them live playing, and I can tell you, it is for children. Children love that. <laughs> it. Are they playing that whistling music the entire time? <laughs> I'm going to play time? it every time you tell yeah. a story. Are they playing the that whistling like... music the whole time? <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> all time fucking around music. If I had to choose yeah. a top five of fucking around music, that's probably that's the one. shot clock. Is just that music? That's the <laughs> it just like clock. increases in speed. Uh, Jocelyn, you can just name off your four all the way up to one. Okay. You're most like so five is Harlem Globetrotters, four Popeyes Chicken. Mm. No one was seeing that coming. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Quentin Tarantino's "You Make the Lord Very Nervous." Yeah, very good cameo. His best ah. acting role he's ever done, probably. Oh, one of them, yeah, absolutely. Better than his alias performances, that's for sure. Two, Ozzy. I am surprised they got him to uh, bite the head off of a bat, even though that was definitely not really, really happening in real life when they were filming that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to it only for the fact that it promotes my reality <laughs> television show with my children. Sharon? <laughs> the, uh, the best part I, was I, at, I, after he bit the head off the bat, he has that huge stone. He's like, eh, don't with this. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, kill him with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, he's crushing it. <laughs> oh, and then my number one has to be Henry Winkler because not only did yeah. he get hit with the bees once, he got hit with the bees twice. Double dose of, <laughs> of Henry B action. He is he's also great because of the very beginning. This goes into my top five because he's my number five. Mm. He just goes, I'm Henry Winkler. Yeah. <laughs> he's hey, like, everybody. How's it going? I'm just behind this. Behind me is this giant hellscape, but hey, I'm here. Yeah, that's a I pretty good joke. When they don't even bother to like cover up the cameo and they're just yeah. like, it's Henry Winkler. <laughs> they're like, oh, Henry wants to be in the movie. He's just like, well, we can sick him with bees. Uh, I'm changing my four to Ozzy. He's a big get, especially at mm-hmm. around that time. Yeah, this is this is uh, and to get him to do the thing that he's like. Ozzy was getting kind hot. of ma- maligned yeah, Ozfest for. Ozfest has become yeah, he's rolling hot with Ozfest, and then the the Black Sabbath coming back, getting back together is very huge. All right, yeah. and then I'll go three uh, Rodney Dangerfield because they let him. They let a freak flag fly, and he flew it. Man, he's so good. He just, and they let him wear a robe the entire time. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> that's best. the best part. The best. <laughs> Two Michael McKeon as the uh, devil police officer. Yep. Yep, great role. Be- uh, I loved his accent. I uh, love the accent that he did. I lo- He's a good bad guy in the 90s. He's a good, he, back before he turned into an older gentleman. Mm. Yeah, and I'll go Dana Carvey as the embodiment. Dana of- Carvey. One-legged Dana Carvey? Yeah. One-ankled Dana <laughs> Carvey. <laughs> what is the voice? <laughs> I love the whitey voice. The light and whitey voice is great. Yeah, the fact that he broke his ankle during the movie filming that scene because he was giving it all he had <laughs> as like a as like, like a actually very... trying to defend Adam Sandler, which is a mistake. Yeah, yeah. he he was the uh, this that must have been the genesis of the old man dancing for Six Flags. They saw that character, <laughs> and then they were like. We'll just CGI the ankles. Everything else. <laughs> Kyle, insert that music here right now. Do the mashup of that music and the Harlem Globetrotters theme. Then then we'll have it. with the whistling. Um, I'm going to call it like I see it. My number five, just based on the joke alone, is Dan Marino. The whole joke of him going to the devil to see if he can win a Super Bowl and then the devil saying he's a Jets fan makes the joke twice as funny mm-hmm. one that he absolutely refuses to let Dan Marino win a Super Bowl and the fact that the devil is a Jets fan like obviously they're gonna lose every time because they're the, they're the Jets <laughs> I think they he just retired I feel like I'm taking crazy yeah yeah, yeah it was like the year he did it uh yeah yeah number four John Lovitz uh no no I'm gonna keep it sports related number four Bill Walton because Bill Walton is great <laughs> make them all, <laughs> all sports all and sports. uh and Bill Walton he needed to ad lib more. I think that more ad libs by Bill Walton would have made this movie ten times better. I know you got a Bill Walton impersonation. He's in his prime in now. No, I, come on. I got to think about this. Hold on. How does he talk? Uh, what he does talks he say? Really breathy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I can't believe what I'm seeing. And yes, my hair is a flame. Something like that. Something really <laughs> His hair is like a that. flame. Um, number three, uh, Michael McKean. Uh, number two, uh, John Lovitz, just because John Lovitz it, it was great as the little the horny bird dude, and his jokes at the beginning were really good, along with his laugh. You can cannot laugh at John Lovitz's little grease ball laugh. Yeah. Number one, Rodney Dangerfield, and then honorable mention, Clint Howard. We got to call out Clint Howard addressing as a transsexual. And Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, yeah, I don't know yeah why. it's borderline. I, I don't know why I'm calling her out, but I think that is that a cameo. Yeah, definitely. She had a lot of lines. That's the only she reason did? why she. Yeah, she. It's it's a cameo, but it's a borderline cameo, I think, because she had at least five lines. The shock value was there. Was it? You didn't see it coming. Okay. Hasn't aged a day. Hasn't aged. A, you're right. Now it's time for the games portion of the evening. Uh, we're gonna pitch a sequel. Pitch the seek. Pitch the sequel. Jocelyn, do you remember yours? We all yeah. pitched really good ones the first time. I don't remember. From what I remember, I don't remember it all. So. <laughs> Um, so mine was uh, actually the prequel, how uh, Nikki's dad and Holly, Nikki's mom, met. Because mm. um, imagine what kind of heaven-hell mixer. Like, what would that be like? 666 first dates. That th- that's what that movie's called. <laughs> right on. Um, yeah, no, the whole pre-story and then how Nikki was brought into this world. Surprise, his mom is not a mountain goat after all. Did We we talked about who you would replace. Is it, young, or is it Harvey Keitel and Reese Witherspoon with... Well, Harvey, Harvey would need de-aging technology, Reese. You could... Oh, we talked about this. It was Leo and Claire, right? Leo, Leo and Claire. Yeah. <laughs> Leo DiCaprio, Claire Dades, right? <laughs> That's what we settled on? Oh, nice. That's a good movie. I'd watch the fuck out of that movie. Except Leo would take his role too seriously as the devil. Leo would also have to get in shape, probably. Because Harvey Keitel's a skinny man. Leo gets in shape when the movie comes. Yeah. But the second it's over, he's like pot belly. He's like, I saw hot pockets. He's like, I'm just going to be kind of fat and have 20 women whose names I don't remember all around me at all times. And you're like, Leo, does this get boring at all ever? I don't, I, it's just shocking to me. I still can't. He still does it every single day. Uh, mine, mine's definitely around the kid. Uh, it's around the sun. The sun is played. Future Son is played by, let's go with uh, Jack Black. Oh. Yeah, it's it's middle aged middle aged Nikki Sung Zachariah who who was able to keep it together because his dad Little Nikki was actually a good devil. But then Jack Black as the dad has a kid who's not into rock music, so <laughs> he doesn't know how to get all his devil energy out because Jack Black and his dad, Little Nicky, they'd always get it out through rock and roll, brother. Question. Would this have a Tenacious D cameo? It I has mean, to. It has to. Kyle Gass is the teacher. Uh, yeah. Oh, he, the, the music teacher or something? Yeah, yeah, he's the music teacher. <laughs> yeah, or or he's his buddy that when he goes to hell, he visits his buddy in hell and it's Kyle Gass and they just like jam jam for like half a, half a song. Oh <laughs> But the uh, the kid doesn't know how to get doesn't know how to get his rocks off. So I mean rock rock out, and uh, he ends up causing some major damage around around the U.S. of A. So it's it's all about the power of rock and roll, really, which is kind of what Little Nicky's about. So it's just it's it's school of rock school of rock meets Little Nicky. How could it go wrong? Very Huey Lewis, uh, I think you're thinking of, Nick, because it's the heart of rock and roll. They say the heart of rock and roll is to beat. I don't know what the... Um, okay, Stephen, what's your movie? 
<laughs> uh, it's a sequel. So uh, through some uh, trickery and and dark blood, black magic, um, uh, little Nikki's brothers uh, escape their their new uh, their new home inside of uh, Hitler's ass, um, <laughs> and 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 trap Nikki in their in their new world, which I guess is part of the flask. We'll we'll say it's the flask again, and pull Nikki into the flask world. So his son has to go back and rescue Nikki from from the flask and uh during all this time that 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 nikki's child has been growing up and nikki's been ruling earth i guess quote unquote um this flask is an entire like labyrinthian system of tricks and different areas and different ways to get trapped and different scenarios with different spirits that they've pulled in throughout the years as well and Nikki's son has to interact with them in order to save him and uh, permanently vanquish Adrian and Cassius to the eternal hellscape. Yeah. More of an adventure, I guess. <laughs> uh, but no, you you this is this is a callback to the Sandler verse in that you'd you'd call back funny things that have happened through history, but reenacted by the Sandler. Crew. <laughs> okay, I like that part. Yeah. So like uh, I don't know the crucifixion of Jesus. It's like so it's little Nikki meets Bill and Ted meets. Uh... <laughs> Uh, meets uh, History of the World Part 1. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Drunk. Yeah, Drunk History, except it's just like more fucked up. Hey, guys, want me to turn my back on Judas Iscariot? <laughs> yeah, now go ahead. I wanna, now I want to hear every historical event. <laughs> well, well guys, I just died and Jesus brought me back and we smoked a fat doobie. <laughs> Alex, which one are you buying a ticket to go see? Well, they're all pretty good. Again. <laughs> I have to go with Jocelyn's though. Jocelyn's seems the most interesting to me. I want to know the backstory. They're the same face. <laughs> I just want to know how it goes in in that kind of. Uh, Good to know. know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, final thoughts. I th- I think you're right, Nick. This is the best Sandler film we have re- we have reviewed. Yeah, the best for the podcast. Except, but not better than Mr. Deeds, but that's only because I gave a blood oath to always talk good about Mr. Deeds for the rest of my life. Did you have a blood oath? To this day! Little Nicky. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> the no, devil. it was Lucifer. It was me, Lucifer. Hey, how you doing? Tell me about the devil, mama. Um, okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jocelyn, any, any other final thoughts? Finest film by Adam Sandler and... Poss- quite possibly top five finest films ever. How did this not win an Oscar? Wow. Wow. Yeah, you're the expert. Yeah, this should be Academy Academy Award winning Little Nicky. This should win an award. I don't know if it's an Academy. Maybe the Academy for the Mentally Insane, but we're going to get into that. It won an award. Academy Award wouldn't win if it won one. <laughs> More importantly, what did Best Little Nicky think of this movie? Yeah, how Little Nicky liked this biopic. As he was trying to softball oh, it, you. You know the only nomination for this movie that wasn't a rat a Razzie or a bad movie? MTV Movie Award. Hell yeah. Nominated for Best Kiss. Best cameo in a movie, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. Hell yeah. <laughs> of course. Did you he made, win? You made the right uh you made the right Best Kiss. Let's see what cameo beat it. Uh Best Cameo, the one that beat it was Scary Movie James Vanderbeek. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and then it was Tom Green and Charlie's Angels and uh, Bruce Springsteen and High Fidelity and Andy Dick and Road Trip. Those were the five nominees. <laughs> Tom Green and Charlie's Angels? What was he? He was the he was Chad. Cha- he was Charlie. Oh, that's the right. The Chad? <laughs> Chad. 
Yeah, the, the Chad. Chad. The Chad. Also during uh, that movie awards, uh, best action sequence went to mi- best action sequence went to Mission Impossible Two, not Gone in sixty seconds. So oh, that's the one. Mm. Tom Cruise has that big scratch on his <laughs> cheek. <laughs> Just <laughs> you need stitches. Um, wow, I, we should start a, a awards podcast only going through MTV Movie Awards from like <laughs> 1980 to like 2010. Has it been on that long? Yeah, it's been on for No, I have no idea how long that is. No, time. the event history is 92 to 2019. Yeah, yeah. long time. Yeah, we just go through every category every year. Every episode is a different category. We just break just it down. Argue it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we just break argue it down. Who should have won? Okay, put that in the new podcast category along with uh, <laughs> along with Nick's Avatar podcast and uh, the Jake Gyllenhaal podcast. Yeah, what was your Jake Gyllenhaal podcast called again? Nick to the Facts. <laughs> the Gillen Heads. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, Jocelyn, is this movie better than The Big Green? Yes. Yeah, I agree. It's it's got more laughs. Yeah, but does it have a heart and a soul? Yeah, and a goat. Yeah, goats notor- no, notoriously hard to work goat, with. Except goat people. Explain, <laughs> explain the context of that question. Jocelyn. So, so have you ever seen The Big Green, Jocelyn? I haven't, but I already know it's better. Uh, the, the Big Green is a is a Disney film, Disney film that is uh, about a, a kid's soccer club in Texas <laughs> that is that is uh, coached by Steve Gutenberg. And Anna de Arbo, who no, is apparently Olivia, British. Olivia Diabo. Anna de Armas, who, who, <laughs> who, uh, who paved the way for Anna de Armas. Yeah. Without Olivia, Olivia de Arbo. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember this film. Uh, not the finest work by the mouse. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. There you is go. that what you refer to Disney as? The mouse? Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the man. It's the mouse. Hey, shut up. Shut uh-huh. up. You're going to get recommended. Awesome. Uh, re-rate this movie. I'll, I'll give it a... 40. Yeah, I'll give it five points. I go 45. Jocelyn, what do you re-rate it as? Um, both Nikki and I will give it a 98% because it's fucking awesome. Wow. What's the 2% knocked off? You don't want to be perfect. Um, I mean, Valerie, she lost a couple points for yeah, us. That's fair. That makes that's sense. Fair. I'm glad I was portrayed accurately and my story is celebrated. Hallelujah. I mean, that sucks. <laughs> I'm trying to squeeze one more little Nikki quote in there. <laughs> you did fantastic. What's your final blurb? Your uh, Rotten Tomatoes blurb for Little Nikki. Um, let's say uh, let's face the facts: the son of Satan isn't no George Clooney. <laughs> Mine is Hell is for Children, and so is this movie. <laughs> Pat Benatar joke. I like Hell is for Children. Uh, that that quote was also in the movie. Uh, when an adult goes. When Reese Evans says, like, uh, when it... Uh, Reese Witherspoon? Reese, oh, Reese Evans. Reese Evans. Is it Reese Evans? <laughs> no, it's Reese Evans. Yeah, okay. you're right. I just can't call him It Reese, could be Evans, and Reese he just spells it there. Yeah. Reese Evans. That's what I say. Reese Evans. He says... Hell, no, he says better to serve and serve and... Uh, no, he says when an adult goes to hell, it's funny, but when a child goes to hell, it's, like, hilarious. Oh, and now it's hilarious. Like yeah. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. My blurb is, hell of a time. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Hell of a time out there, folks. Took us a hell of a time to get that out of Nick. Um, (laughs) My real recommendation for everybody... This is the second time I'm doing this. I'm fatigued. Oh, yeah. Are we still (laughs) recording, Alex? This is the last episode. Yeah. Can you check the recording, please? It's okay. We're not a real podcast until we have an episode that is... Until we have at least 100 listeners. (laughs) Uh, My real recommendation is Cutting Grass by Sturgill Simpson. It is Sturgill Simpson's acoustic bluegrass effort of some of his hot country western zaddy tracks (laughs) zad tracks 
I recommend Queen's Gambit. Uh, I also recommend, have I, yeah, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit, it makes me want to learn how to play chess again. Yep. But then, not care enough, because I know I'm too stupid. I just know I'm too dumb. I know that I'll never, I'll never grasp it. Jocelyn, do you have any? Firmly grasp it! <laughs> Jocelyn, do you have a recommendation? Ooh, I've been doing uh, The Third Day on HBO. Oh, how do you like that? You know, Jude Law, you can't go wrong. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell is going on. But I thought he was ugly. I thought he was ugly in this. No. Oh, wow. Still hot Jude Law, no matter what. I mean, it's so really it's hard ice. to have an ugly Jude Law, so in my ice. opinion. It's the eyes and the cheekbones. And not his tiny penis. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> okay, Jax, do you have a recommendation? Yeah, I'm going to recognize... Um, Best recognize... <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to recommend uh, another podcast called uh, Mid-Flight Brawl. It's uh, done by these two comedians, uh, Nick Cody and um, uh, Luke Hagee, two Australian dudes, and they uh, detail uh, airline incidents, which is kind of a little That's pretty ironic because nobody's flying right now, but there is a plethora oh, of history of uh, airline incidents, and it's a good time. Yeah, yeah I've keep listened, listening to, to a couple episodes. Right? I've listened to quite a few, and they are all very funny. These, yeah. well, it's partly because of Australian, and partly because they're very funny. <laughs> it's partly because I can't understand half what they say. <laughs> they do have a lot of funny words, which is great. They have a, they have interesting. It's always funny to hear what drops come out the Dunny. He come out the Dunny. He come swinging. <laughs> well, this is the last episode of Nick Vember. Uh, it was really great spending my month with you guys. Um, we we laughed, we cried, we cried. Mostly. And cried. Mostly. And uh, shout out to Jocelyn. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. The, Thanks again. The expert in her field. Um, Thank you for uh, giving me an excuse to talk like little Nikki for like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be little Nikki for Halloween next year? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, just, I just need to pick up some Popeye's chicken and an emo boy wig and visit Walmart. <laughs> oh, another recommendation: Popeye's chicken sandwich. I had there it for the go. first we, time just earlier today. It was a oh, really, really How'd great. It, it was really good. It was actually it's not even uh, not joking. It not lives even up to the very bill. good. Very it good. Lives up to the bill. So there you go. <laughs> this has been. And as we always say, real rotten. We keep it rotten. Keep it real. You stay fresh. Yep. That should be it. Take us away, Pat. Hell is for children.